Hello, my name is Mark Taylor. Welcome to the Education on Fire podcast network. This show is sponsored by the National Association for Primary Education. There comes a time in every person's life when you realise it's not about doing what you are told, but doing what you know is right for you. Let us take a journey of learning and discovery with the world's most successful people who are living the life of their dreams, walking through life using their inner wisdom and being of service to others. Forget exams, grades and test scores. What is your purpose? As we let go of what we think should be and learn from our elders to gain knowledge, inspiration and a true sense of who we are. What are your dreams? Does your life have meaning? Are you living a life of significance? Let's talk with today's guest. Hello, my name is Mark Taylor and welcome as we spend some more time together on the Learning on Fire podcast. Today I'm talking to Alyssa Dare Nelson. Hi Alyssa, thanks for joining me and let's explore the journey of who you are. Oh, thank you for having me on, Mark. I'm really excited to be here. Uh, Boy, the journey of who I am. Uh, I am a business success coach right in the heartland of the U.S. in Minnesota. Um, If you can't tell from my accent, (laughs) my very Minnesotan accent. I work with you know small small businesses and also individuals on really sort of uh, leaning into identifying and um, uh, leveraging their innate strengths and really the uniqueness of who they are. And uh, super fulfilling, and I, I I love what I do, and it's totally different than my educational background, which is why I'm super excited about talking uh, about. Our, the the education and how it plays into the rest of our lives, right? So, uh, it'll be an interesting conversation today. Yeah, it sounds fantastic. And we should just uh, we should just come clean and say that we actually have met before at Podcast Movement in in Anaheim a couple of years ago. And yeah. uh, and it's always great to be able to get people on that you've met before and you have some kind of idea of what they do in their background and that kind of thing. So yeah, this should be a lot of fun. Yes, it should be. <laughs> it will be. <laughs> it will be absolutely. Um, I really like the fact that you, you you sort of straight off the bat were talking about uh, who you are and, and, and that sort of individuality, because the one thing we know within the education system is it's a little bit one size fits all. You know, it's that like you have to study these sorts of subjects, give or take a couple, but you have to go to school at this time. You have to do it in a certain way. And it's really hard for that sort of personality and the individuality to come through, isn't it? So, I mean, what, what, what's your experience of that, especially with the sort of coaching that you're doing as well? Yeah, you know, I think I think teachers are really the the key here. I have an immense level of respect for teachers who come into a classroom of thirty children and see them as children, as as individuals, and yet they have to get them to one goal by the end of the semester or by the end of the term. Um, and so, you know, teachers have a lot of really great strengths in, you know, what kind of learning style these kids have and such. Um, and and I'm I don't hate the education system. You know, I love being unique, and I love helping people to to find their uniqueness. And you know, my my superpowers are not your superpowers, but there's there's a level set of education that we all need. We all need to know how to do you know a certain level of math and and reading comprehension and all of those all of those kinds of things. And so, you know, and and it helps us to dive into kids to dive into what do I even like. And some kids don't really want to explore that. And so sort of being forced in some way um, to, to engage in some of these classes that they wouldn't necessarily sign up for. And all of a sudden you find a young girl who goes, oh my gosh, I really love science, right? Um, so I, th- I think that there's an importance to having a very broad uh, array of classes that you're, 
you know, again, for lack of a better term, forced to take so that you can discover what you do and don't like where your strengths are. And sometimes where your strengths are, aren't where you thought they would be uh, and where you naturally excel isn't even where you thought it would be. Um, so, you know, it is, it is the job of the teacher to, um, you know, play to those children's strengths inside of the classroom. Um, and I do think that things like ADHD, you know, are, are overdiagnosed. And that's a whole nother topic for a whole nother podcast. But I think teachers do a really nice job of letting kids be who they are, while still keeping their eyes focused on the on the end product, which is they have to know this curriculum in order to pass to the next grade or to the next level. Yeah, and I think that's it. You really do sort of, you know, you're in a system whether you like it or not, in whichever form that happens to come. And I think, and I think there's there's almost like a two tier side to it. One of them is the fact that, like, say, it's the individuality. It's actually trying to find that broad curriculum so you can actually experience all those things. Like I say, and it might be that it just proves what you don't like is true and it's not what you want to do. Um, or it might just open the door to something you were never aware of before. Um, but actually, that, like you said, we still need to learn how to read and write and, and, and all the math stuff in this, as well. And if you can think of some of those things as tools sometimes, you know, I mean, I never was that bothered about how my English was and how I was writing until I was suddenly a little bit older and realized that actually, if I need to communicate with somebody on a professional level or I need to get my points across in a way that really was going to be taken seriously then those tools that skills that I had were really really important and, and even if you understand it on that level I think it gives you a, a yeah. sense of, um, of of purpose with it even if it's not your favorite thing in the world. Yeah and I'm glad you brought up skills um, and tools because you know in from my perspective there is a very there's a vast difference between strengths and skills so like, you know, when we, ha when we learn how to use, um, you know, how to do math, right? How to do division and multiplication and those kinds of things. That's a, that's a skill, right? That we can, that we can use. And, you know, you hear my kids, my kids too say, well, I have a calculator. What do I need to know how to do this for? Um, <laughs> but then we bring it around to, to all the reasons, all the applicable reasons they need to know how to multiply and divide. And they go, oh, I guess that's right. Um, but you think about, uh, different skills like building a house, right? So, so if you're taught the right skills, you can do the things. A strength is when it, it brings you energy to do those things um, and where your aptitude for those things um, maybe is higher than it would be in, in other areas. Uh, but, but strengths are really where it generates energy for you and it generates energy for others around you when you engage in that, in that type of thing. So, I, I say that skills are the what you do and your strengths are how you do it. And I think that's an important distinction. Yeah. I think, I think I think that's really important <laughs> and and, and the, one of the things that always strikes me I, I've talked before on the podcast about having the opportunity to learn music because I'm I'm now a professional musician I would have never have found that if, I, if we weren't we didn't have to do that when we at the age of 11 our music lessons were being in a band essentially and you had mm -hmm. to learn something but it was only a few months before as I finished our primary school over here I was like I'm not interested in singing anymore I'm not playing recorders I'm not doing music I'm going to do football <laughs> and actually at that point I would have just stopped and it was only because it was something that we had to do and then you know within a few months of them being at the larger secondary school I was hooked and had lots of opportunities which was something I'd never had had before so it, yeah so, so, so key that broad curriculum idea yeah yeah I definitely agree with that what does your life look like now and how is it different from when you were growing up 
Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> what my life looks like, uh, I, I couldn't be more happy with my life. I have an amazing husband who I brag about constantly because I, I truly believe he's the, the, the best man who ever walked the earth. Uh, and I, of course I'm biased, I guess, but, um, and he and I have been married for six ish years, uh, and I have two beautiful daughters uh, who are 11 and 13. Um, so this is a second and last marriage in case <laughs> so we're like a second marriage. So is there a third one coming? No, this is the second and last marriage. Yes, my current um, wife is some people say. Oh, that's my right. Current. That's right. Exactly. Or sometimes I'll say, well, when I was going through my first divorce, I'm like, I mean, my only divorce, um, <laughs> <laughs> the words, words are, words are hard and words are important. Um, so my two daughters, 11 and 13 are simply amazing uh, young women who, um, make me proud every single day. And so, you know, those are the three people that are the most important things and people in my, in my world and everything I do, I do for them. Um, you know, business is thriving. I, I mentioned to you before we hit record, I just joined forces with another local business coach. And so I no longer have to work alone anymore. Um, and I'm, an, I'm an extrovert to the, to the nth. And so, uh, you know, working ho at home alone, even though I was interacting with my clients every single day, uh, was really tough. And I'd been looking for the perfect business partner for several years and I finally found him. Um, so I'm super excited about that. And that's what my life looks like pretty much it's my my family and work and you know a little bit of a little bit of play and and friends and things like that but uh definitely vastly different than growing up and certainly you know even as we went into my my university or college education uh the two degrees that i got there are not related to directly to what i do now um, i grew up in a family of seven children uh and, you know, it was one of those things where you had to move fast or you weren't going to get enough dinner. <laughs> and if we wanted anything, it was up to us to go get it. Um, and so it, it grew in me an incredible work ethic uh, and drive, which I am so grateful for. Um, and, and that's, yeah, that's how I grew up. I'm number six of those seven. So. Um, and we talked a little bit about what we think you know is important in in school and, and that sort of all curriculum and exposure and that kind of thing but what specifically do you think was valuable about your own school experience mm. um for me it was uh <laughs> i was one of those teenagers uh, especially uh, i got more mouthy um and uh challenging to authority as i became a teenager where i i wanted to do things how i wanted to do things and i didn't understand why you know rules were in place etc i wasn't someone who said oh that's the rule great i'm gonna go do the rule i'd be like well why and, and if the authority figure couldn't give me a really good reason I, of course to my <laughs> really good reason for me why that rule is in place i'd be i'd blow it off and i and i go do my own thing and i was an excellent student uh, but i was also very often in trouble for talking too much or talking back or you know giving a little bit too much of my own opinion and so that was that was super interesting just kind of growing up and i couldn't get out of high school fast enough. Uh, and then I went off to college and I loved the setup of college because I had so much more autonomy and so much more choice. Um, and, you know, yet I, I ended up changing majors uh, very early on. I was in broadcast journalism first, and then I had an incredible 
um, experience with the college dietitian. I was a gymnast and my coach uh, thought I weighed too much. Uh, so he sent me off to the the school dietitian and she was the first person who helped me to start having a positive relationship with food versus, you know, food is evil and I have to restrict, restrict, restrict. Uh, and so I, it changed me like that. And I went on to become a registered dietitian as my first degree. Um, and so that was, that was pinnacle uh, for me to be able to make that decision and go passionately into the sciences where Initially, I thought I wanted to avoid them. Um, so that was kind of my, my school experience, at least initially. And then when I went back for my second degree, you know, it's different going back as an adult. Uh, you're so much more focused. And yeah, uh, focused is really, is really the ultimate thing. Uh, it wasn't a challenge to do the reading because I wanted it so badly. And, and I think that whole aspect of things not working out the way you think or changing your focus or your major or whatever it happens to be it's very easy I think when you're younger especially you're going through and you think oh yes it's got to look like this I have to make this happen at this time in order for me to be successful or to succeed in what I'm doing and we hear on the podcast week after week so many people saying that just wasn't the case and and I kind of hope that, and that we're starting to hear enough of that now for people to start to believe that even though when you're younger your experience may well be that it's what you believe, it's what you hear, it's what you're surrounded by. But the reality actually is often very different. And, and I think that's quite a positive thing to start to take on board. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, there's, there's a couple of philosophies that I live by. Number one is that life happens for you, not to you. Mm. And so, you know, despite that it was very hurtful uh, to me when my coach you know, and by the way, I was 15% body fat when my coach sent me to the dietitian because I, I wasn't, <laughs> I was too big, uh, quote. Um, but, uh, you know, it was very hurtful and I was doing everything in my power to lose weight. Um, you know, and had he not done that, I wouldn't have had that, that interaction with that dietitian who then changed the trajectory of certainly the next decade of my life. Um, one of the things I think is, is super interesting is that, here we send our 18-year-olds, 17, 18, 19-year-olds off to university. And we say, okay, go pick a major uh, because this is going to be what your, what your career is. And you know, that's a really scary decision to make when you're 18 years old. You barely know. <laughs> I mean, you're, you barely know anything. I mean, you might think you know everything, but you barely know anything. And here you're supposed to make a decision about, you know, your long-term career. So the way I phrase it to my daughters is, you know, what do you think you want your first career to be? Mm. You know, so that it's not nearly as final and it doesn't have to be, you know, a, a forever sort of decision. It doesn't have to feel that way. Uh, and I found that to be really successful. And they're much more open to going, you know what, I think I'd like to try X, or I think I'd like to try Y. Um, it's like, great. And if you decide you want to do something different, you can either go back and get another degree, if that's appropriate, or you can, you know, go, go create another career. Uh, and so I think that that flexibility is, is uh, important to give our kids too, that it's not a forever thing here. Yeah. And, and I think in this kind of, you know, the era coming of portfolio careers and, and those, all manner of things, you know, I mean, my life is split just so randomly in terms of, you know, I'm a professional musician, I get to teach kids and, and coach percussion and drums. And then out of nowhere, I'm also now a podcaster. I now spend like a third of my time actually doing this thing, which wasn't even invented a few years ago. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, to sort of see that in action is, is really interesting. But it, it really does sort of make you think sometimes, you know, 
don't worry so much about what you think you're actually going to do and just do the stuff you feel is going to be good you know if you like taking pictures take pictures and do it in your way don't think about having to necessarily become a wedding photographer because that's the only way you you can make a living because you don't know who you'll meet how it's going to be whatever the scenario is and just especially when you're younger like you said um, my youngest is 11 and it's just that kind of just go with the flow just see what happens and and allow it and and sort of take the take the heat out of, of that sort of surrounding which i know is quite hot housed along in sort of through the system at the moment yeah and I, and I truly believe that no education is ever wasted. You know, my, my second degree is in nursing. Um, you know, I spent w- well over a decade in, in healthcare, uh, and now I'm a business coach, right? So you think, what on earth? Like, that's to- two totally different things. Um, you know, and the education that I had to, to get in order to get to this place and certifications and yada, yada, that's for another time. But, you know, I use those two degrees every single day even if I'm not actively using them, right? It, it, it just, it makes who I am and what I have to offer that much more rich. Uh, and this is what I help people figure out when it's, what is your unique selling proposition? How are you unique in your industry? And one of those things is that I, I do have a vast you know, experience with healthcare, which is important in coaching because of the mental health side, because of, you know, stress and stress management and the, the, you know, health conditions that come along with those things. And I can speak intelligently to my clients around it, as well as know when to recommend them to their doctors or their physicians, right? And say, you know, this is something I think that it's important to go, to go check out because I'm still always doing nursing assessments, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? Um, And it's just that value add that I bring to my clients that someone without the background that I, that I have can't. So it's important, I think, to just really relish in your entire background, even if it doesn't seem like it's quote applicable to what you're doing right now. Yeah, I, I love the word rich. I thought that was fantastic because it just means that, like I say, everything that you are brings a richness to what you have to offer and and that uniqueness of you, whatever that is, no matter who you are, if you think of it in that broad term, it's almost like a, a very friendly arm going around you, isn't it? That kind of, you know, I've really got this, you know, you can only bring to this meeting, this conversation, this friendship, whatever it happens to be, yourself, then, and yeah. that's and that, that, that's, that's a real gift. And I, and I think, yeah, I just love that word rich. It seems to sort of encompass all of that in a way that I've not really thought of before, which is brilliant. Yeah. Are you a teacher looking for support to create and develop music in your school? We have created Primary Music on Fire, taking the fear out of teaching by giving you the step-by-step skills and ongoing support you need. If you're a homeschooling parent and would like the opportunity to learn an instrument with your child on our five-day challenges, all of this is available through Primary Music on Fire. Go to educationonfire.com forward slash primary hyphen music and sign up to the newsletter. That's educationonfire.com forward slash primary hyphen music. Which teachers do you remember and why? I remember my language teachers. Um, You know, when I was in high school, I chose to do both French and Spanish, which meant that I had to start uh, at zero hour, they called it. Uh, So before the first hour of the day. So I started school in high school at 630 in the morning um, so that I could fit in both French and Spanish languages. And, you know, those were the classes that I enjoyed the most. They were the most fun. Um, They're the most interesting to me. and, and yeah, those teachers were, 
I, I remember being sat down by my French teacher when my parents had to, you know, got brought in because I don't remember what I had said that was belligerent or I don't know what. Um, but, you know, she was willing to call me out on the carpet for my behavior. And that was my French teacher. And my Spanish teacher was, you know, like a big, a big warm hug every time I went in to the classroom. And it was just, there were very different personalities, but I respected those teachers so, so much um, because of how they showed up in the classroom as people. Yeah, and I think that's it. That that is definitely a theme that I'm beginning to really understand. Is it's that it's the personality and the connection that you have often much more important than the subject matter. The number of people who said to me, "I didn't take their class, but this person did X or this person did Y," and you just think, "Yes, it, it's when you realise it's all about connections. It's all about that kind of interaction in whichever way that comes. That's you 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 know instantaneously that." there's there's something here which is is for you and it like you say that's the thing about maybe the tools as opposed to the experiences and all of those kind of things yeah I really love that yeah who did you admire when you were young and what was it about that person that had such an impact on you oh, this is a difficult question um because I had a really difficult time with authority of any kind when I was young and so the people that I looked up to uh, by, na by nature of my attitude uh, couldn't be in a place of power over me <laughs> <laughs> um, because I just naturally resisted that. Um, but, you know, as I, as I look back on that, it really is um, my gymnastics coaches more than, more than anybody. Um, they were like second parents to me. I spent more time in the gym than just about anybody anywhere else. And, uh, you know, they were, they were tough on me, but they also loved on me. And um, I loved how they treated people and how they pushed me. And so, uh, you know, they were able to gain my my teenage respect <laughs> yeah which is, which is a big thing right? and i think i think when it's is part of something that you love isn't it then it has to be that if you want to get involved then you have to take it and in whichever way it comes and i think like you said if it gets your respect especially if it's something which you're very reluctant to give out then i can imagine that being very powerful indeed yeah yeah, boy. Yeah, I was a challenging teenager. Let, let me just say I have better relationships with people with people now. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's one of those experiences that that also has made me a much, um, a much stronger mother. Right. And, and, and so, you know, I have to be grateful for even the awful teen experience, because I get to bring my girls up in a, a little bit different of a way and be kind of kind of give them a grin and go, hey, I get you. I know you're, you're resisting authority because, because you want to know why this is in place and, and uh, does it really apply to you? Um, so it's, it's been a, a cool, a cool addition to the relationship that I've been able to build with my daughters. Yeah. And nature nurture. You don't know which part of that is just inbred as well. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, my, my older daughter definitely got the nature. <laughs> my younger daughter, uh, maybe a little bit of the nurture. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> What was the best piece of advice you've ever been given and who gave it to you? Oh, gosh, there's been so much. Um, I really dove into the personal development space uh, as I was going through my divorce um, back, you know, a decade ago now. Um, and, you know, so there was, there was a couple of things that really uh, were helpful to me. And, and, you know,
know, one was given to me by my therapist who was, go, who, who I saw going through my divorce. And that was, uh, you know, I was all worried about my kids and are they going to be okay, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, as a woman, that external concern, you know, um, how are everybody else doing? And she looked at me and said, look, your kids don't need therapy. They need a healthy mom. Mm. So um, you focus on you. And it was the first time I really took self-care um, to heart uh, to be the example of, of that. And then very shortly thereafter, I read this great parenting book called Scream Free Parenting by Hal Runkle. Um, and in the book, he said, we are not responsible for our children, we're responsible to them. And so again, just doubled down on what is the example that I am to my children? Am I being the example that, that they deserve? Um, and, and so that was really sort of the, the start of the, the road to being my best me was, was that. And it came out of wanting to be my best me for my kids. Um, you know, and it was very shortly after that then that I found the StrengthsFinder profile, which I now become an expert. And I'm putting air quotes around that because I think, you know, you can always be, be more, right? You can always dive deeper. Um, but the StrengthsFinder profile is a, is a psychometric tool that is reliable and statistically relevant and repeatable and all of those things that uh, the science side of my brain, right, from all of my healthcare background needed to justify or to, to believe that the that the results were true. And it was the first time that something had said, there's all these things that are right with you. Because I was always focused on why don't I fit in? Why can't I get along with authority? Why can't I get along with my brothers and sisters? What's going on here? What's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? And, you know, so that those three things in short sequence started, started me really going, wow, there's all these really great things about me. Why don't I build on those? Um, and so you can understand why, you know, I'm down this very different road now, um, because that was so transformative to really, really letting the inside superhero of me out into the world where I now really truly love who I am. Uh, and I sure couldn't say that uh, a decade ago. And, you know, and, and, and I'm not everything. So that doesn't come from a place of arrogance, just this confidence that I know what I can bring. And I also know what I'm not. And I'm not a lot of things. But that's why I'm surrounded by amazing people. Um, so I think I think that was you know, those, those three, three, three things in sequence uh, were probably the, the biggest pinnacle points for me. And, and just on a sort of slight sidebar there, what do you feel about the, the, the whole experience idea of that? Because one of the things I'm very aware when, especially on this particular podcast, is the fact that it's very easy to say, but if you know this now, then you don't need to experience it and you can learn from other people's mistakes or their experiences, which is absolutely true. But by the same token, you learn from your own experiences and you're on a journey yourself in terms of what you need to get out of life and, and the sorts of the lessons that you need to learn. So what's your thought on that sort of kind of, it's almost like a dichotomy, I guess, in, in terms of you have to go through things, but at the same time, you don't need to make the mistakes that everyone else is making as well if you get the opportunity to hear about those too. Yeah, well, I think there's two parts. You know, there's... there's um there's certain people, there's certain wiring that, that makes it, my, my husband is one of these, where he uh, was the youngest of three boys, and he watched his brothers make mistakes, and he went, I'm not going to do that. 
<laughs> and he rarely got in trouble and he's made extremely good choices with his life, right? And then there's me, the number six of seven kids. And I watched all my siblings do, you know, their mistakes and whatever. And I'm like, yeah, but they're not me. So I'm going to try it. And, you know, and I needed to fail on my own, in my own right, um, to some degree until I got a little bit more mature and started to go, I bet I could learn from other people's mistakes, right? So there's sort of this innate wisdom that my husband had <laughs> when he was a young, that I just didn't seem to have. Um, and so, you know, now my goal is to not necessarily bypass those hard things for other people, like learn from me and you never have to make this mistake, but rather shortcut their learning. Right. So maybe they don't have to make that mistake or these series mistake of, of mistakes. And, you know, if you can learn how you're wired and how to leverage that, yeah, you can save yourself a lot of pain and agony because you don't have to do trial and error. You can get to the, to the, to the root of it and go, I need my personal owner's manual. And that's what I get to give my clients right out of the gate is this is how you're wired and it's okay. It doesn't mean you're stuck there, right? There's a difference between a fixed mindset where, well, these are the strengths I have and this is all I have. So this is, this is it. And then you've got the growth mindset, which is like, all right, this is my base and this is what I can grow on. And so if I can help people shortcut their learning versus bypass it, because I think our own mistakes are our best teachers. Um, that's really my goal. So you're right. It is, it is both. It's a yes. And <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. that. That's really clear. I think that, that just hearing it in, in that succinctly, I think is yeah, really, really cleverly put. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. What advice would you give your younger self? Oh boy, uh, so much. And actually, you know, I'm, I'm in this journey right now where my, my oldest daughter is 13 and I see so much of my younger self reflected. And, you know, I'm seeing her grow in ways that I didn't grow until I was into my mid to late 20s, uh, which is really rewarding because I, it, it tells me that my hard work on my own personal growth is starting to pay off. Um, but the, the biggest thing is that your behavior is not your identity because I took it in as my identity. And so therefore I was bad. I was too outspoken. I was rebellious. I was all of these things that I took in as negative identities, uh, which prevented me from growing and from really um, playing full out as it were. Um, and so I've taken a lot of care to, to tell my daughters, you, you, your behavior, if it doesn't make you feel good, it's because it doesn't align with who you are. And so let's figure out who you are at your core. And I, you know, do a lot of affirmations with them and that kind of thing, um, which is not blowing smoke up their tails. Um, it really is, you know, learning the characteristics that light them up, right? And reminding them of those things. And so I think that that is number one, that your behavior is not your identity, that you get to create that. And then second and, and, and most importantly, that your journey for growth is never going to end. So just go have fun and recognize that life is happening for you and not to you. Um, you know, my oldest daughter is, is going through uh, some really challenging things. Um, right now, she, she fell at gymnastics and took her own knee to her face and broke four bones in her face, major concussion, and she's been out for five months. And so, you know, she's, she's had a hard time recovering from that and, and deciding, is, is injured what I am? Am I a quote loser and I can't get back in it? Or am I just healing? And it's been really hard for her to sort of peel away from that identity of gymnast 
and look at who else she is. Um, so that's, that's been a really interesting journey as well. So, you know, that's, that's the glory, I guess, of having children is that you kind of get to do that exact thing. Go back and tell your younger self things you wish you would have heard. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that, that is the gift of being a parent, isn't it? Especially if you can see it in that round in such that sort of way. Mm -hmm. What does your future look like? Well, the future, well, the future is always so bright, right? Like, it's just so full of possibility. Um, you know, it looks, it looks like more of what I'm doing now. Um, certainly working with, with businesses and we're, you know, Stephen and I, my business partner and I are really bringing it home here to Minnesota and focusing on working uh, on getting more and more businesses on the Inc. 5000 list, which is a list here in the U.S. Uh, of the 5,000 fastest growing companies. And, you know, that lights me up. And so, you know, as I look forward, I think about what could the economy of Minnesota look like based on the work that we can bring here to these companies. Uh, so from a business standpoint, that's what lights me up and, and fires me up. On a personal side, you know, I certainly think about family vacations and watching my girls graduate from high school and then from college and, and uh, you know, all the while having these rich relationships, you, you know, but but uh, I don't have dreams of being a Hollywood star or, you know, Tony Robbins or, or that. I think, I think that my platform can build, uh, you know, we we can all be Tony Robbins in our own right, um, you know, to the people that that uh, we connect with. Um, but that's not overtly a goal of mine. Uh, I absolutely want to impact uh, the maximum number of lives that I can while I'm here, and so I work very diligently uh, every single day to expand that number. But really, at the end of the day, it's have I made an impact on my family? Have I made an impact on the people that um, that I care about most? And I think if you think your future just looks like more of what you have, if it expands into everything that you've got already, then you're in a pretty great place because that that is just almost the ultimate thing, isn't it? And, and like I say, yeah. that's the thing you can control because you can keep those relationships growing. You can make it as rich as you want. And, and I think that's, that's a really great attitude to have. Yeah, as the saying goes, what you appreciate appreciates. And, uh, you know, every day I look around me and I just go, my gosh, I love, I love my life. I love my life for what, um, for the blessings that I have. And, and I do find that, um, that, that it just keeps getting better and better and more and more abundant. So yeah, I can't say I can complain. <laughs> <laughs> what podcast, book, video, film, song, or, or any resources had the biggest impact on your life and why? Hmm. This is a challenge because there's, there's so many good answers for this. Um, I have probably a dozen favorite books, but my favorite of all favorites is The Alchemist. Um, and it's because, of, it's because of the journey. You know, it took me a long time to embrace the journey of success and the journey of life. Uh, and The Alchemist, you know, to other people, it means other things. And they, you know, they talk about, you know, creating abundance and manifestation and all of that. But to me, it was about the boy's journey and he was, he, he got things when he was ready for them. And, you know, for instance, he was in the crystal shop for a year and it seemed like this dead space of time. And yet it was, it was an important part of his journey. And so even those lulls uh, of, of the journey are really important. And so 
you know, instead of wishing them away, just embrace them. Uh, and if you do want to move towards something else, that's okay too, because that's a part of the journey. So the alchemist is, is a big one. Uh, certainly when it comes to podcasting, um, John Lee Dumas is uh, one of my biggest heroes. Um, you know, I went out uh, to LA when I thought, I think I'm going to start a podcast. And I got to do a day-long workshop with John. Um, and it was, it was amazing uh, to be able to learn from the best of the best. And John and I have remained friends ever since. And he's really um, been an inspiration, not only business-wise, but certainly in the podcasting realm um, about, about pushing to highest quality, you know, and never settling. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we'll have links to all of these things in the show notes. So you can go to educationonfire.com and forward slash Alyssa and it will pop up and we'll have links to all those things so you can find those things as easily as you possibly can do. Um, I really appreciate your time and, and everything that you've done. So if people want to find out more about you and, and explore a little bit deeper, where's the best place for them to do that? You know, the best place is probably my website. So it's dare to succeed.com and dare is spelled like my middle name, which is D A I R E the number two succeed.com. And if you want to email me directly, I welcome your emails. Um, I, I love getting emails from, from people. So I've heard, I heard you on, you know, I heard you on a podcast. Um, so it's Alyssa at dare to succeed.com A L I S S A at dare to succeed.com. Fantastic. Well, thank you, Alyssa, for sharing your wisdom and allowing us to learn from your experiences. And thank you for having me. This was awesome. Thanks for listening to the Learning on Fire podcast. For more information, please visit educationonfire.com and follow the links from the homepage. This show is sponsored by the National Association for Primary Education. Education is not the filling of a pail, but the lighting of a fire.